So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast with a surprise new boss. Elon Musk. <laughs> Didn't tell you guys, Elon Musk bought us, but um, the, the decimal places Running are different in Germany, um, so he got us for 44 quid. <laughs> Sorry. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the Honda of F1 podcasts. Are Honda still in F1? <laughs> or are they gone now? Or are they back now? Whenever a Honda-powered car are doing good, Honda aren't in F1. And whenever a Honda-powered car are doing bad, it's got a big H on the side. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that will tell me what happened this year because I was busy for a lot of it. Do you actually know what happened in the first half of this season? Yeah, because I was here for the first half, Phil, so I'm glad you noticed. I'm Chica Ayres, and I hope you're surrounded by your loved ones and presents and Baileys and the remains of a massive meal. Merry goddamn Christmas to the lot of you, and welcome to a celebration of the 2022 Formula One World Championship. We are going to relive the thrills, the spills, the chills, and the drills of the bills, the windmills. Anyway, we have watched at least some of the YouTube highlights, and we're going to see what we can remember, all with our special celebrity expert guest. That is all to come. I meant to change the script, sorry. The special celebrity expert guest cancelled. What's Alex Jake's busy this weekend, is he? (laughs) Joining me is a man who went on a little trip to Woking. It is Phil Tromans. Hello. Wasn't a Pizza Express before you start. I went to... uh, Part of my new job, I went to a little place. Maybe you've heard it, the McLaren Technology Centre. Woo! I know, Phil, because okay. she sent us I've, pictures. Yeah, and I've heard of it. Yeah. And I've I've fucking been there as well. So fuck you. Well, yeah, I've yeah I've been there before as well, but I've done nothing else. <laughs> the so story's I thought, I'll bring this up. <laughs> um, I went to a place. Well, <laughs> I went to Alton Towers for the third time. <laughs> Tonight, Phil goes to a place he's I've been actually, before. 
I've actually been to the McLaren Technology Centre more often than I've been to uh, Alton Towers, so that's a good fact. But it was the first time I'd been since Ron Dennis wasn't there, and it was quite interesting to uh, see how the vibe had changed in the place. It was filthy. Um, <laughs> just shit <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> he was right. I mean, you jest, Terry. It, it wasn't quite filthy with shit everywhere, but it was considerably less spick and span than I remember it, and there were people wearing considerably more casual clothes than I remember. Um, which I thought was quite interesting. That was it. Oh, apparently, I nearly saw Oscar Piastri, but I was busy talking, and he walked past me, and I didn't notice him. Well, I think he goes really quick on those false. No, legs, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and alongside him is a man who has an. And then a couple of gunshots, and the toilets were out. Is Terry Saunders? I installed a new shower in my apartment. That sounds advanced. It wasn't really because I don't. It's not an electric shower. It's just a shower. You know. So you changed the shower head, or did you have to do well, plumbing? I was, going to change, I was going to change the head, but then I saw a really nice shower in the shop, so I had to change the riser and drill some holes and everything. You know, it was it was some work. Advanced plumbing. Yes, and then when I finished, you know, the, I was cleaning the floor, so I'd, I'd put some bleach on the floor, and I had like I was mopping the floor and everything, and then I went to reach over to the shower to to rinse off the bath or something, and I got what I can only describe as an electric shock. <laughs> Right. Now, I want to restate, this is not an electric shower. (laughs) (laughs) So so you messed up so much that you managed to connect electricity to something that wasn't electric. So every time I touched any part of the shower, all the taps, I was getting a kind of a buzzing that I can only describe as uncomfortable. Not like throwing me across the room, but definitely you don't want to shower in that. So then I, I changed some things and I turned off some fuses and everything to check. But by this point, the floor had dried because I'd cleaned it and it wasn't doing it when the floor was dry. So in my genius, I decided the best way to see if the thing is still Went electric. The floor again. I put more water on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, it was still it was still electric. And it turns out it's from my bath taps, which I didn't touch. What? Well it seems like some electric circuit somewhere is touching my pipes somewhere. But it's only a problem if the floor's wet, so I think it's fine. <laughs> Which in a bathroom will never happen. No, no, yeah. but to be fair, it's only going to happen once you've got out the shower. <laughs> yeah. If, so you're if fine. The floor's like wet. the floor's wet, but you've turned the shower off yeah, before the floor gets the, wet. If I'm still on the floor and the floor's wet and I reach over to the shower, I'll get a shock. So as long as I don't do that. Yeah, because you're never going to be fine. wet before you get in the shower. That would be bizarre. Well, exactly. Uh, unless you, of course, unless unless you get out of the, the shower and realise, oh, no, I didn't wash the shampoo off my hair or something. Then you're screwed. Do you do well, that? No, I've, I've just never done that in get my back life. In. I've never got out the shower and gone, oh, whoops, forgot to wash. I quite often... I've, I've done that. <laughs> I've, done I've quite often got soap in my armpits when I get out of the shower still. That's quite there common. And alongside both of those is the unmistakable voice of F1, if you don't count Murray Walker or David Croft or <laughs> D- Jonathan Leggett or Ben Edwards or James Allen or Jack Jakes. It is Jack Nichols from Jack, Off the Jack Radio. Jakes. Who's Jack Jakes? <laughs> <laughs> That's how little you're known, Jack. A made-up name is more known as the voice of everyone than you are. <laughs> I was just trying to think if there's anyone else. You, no, but no, I'll take the what was it ninth in line to the voice of F1. I'm, I'm good. I'm. Look- I think it's pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm I- the head of Raymond Baxter. <sighs> yeah, I'm I don't. Bitty maybe, Baxter. maybe I shouldn't be ahead of Raymond Baxter actually. But yeah, I'll take it. Looking forward to discussing every race that we had this season because it's always. Four hours of my life I don't get back, and now we've got the more more races than ever before. So it's going to be great. 
We yeah. are delighted to have you back, Jack. And we it's made sure that Russia was cancelled just so you didn't have to suffer for, for any longer. And I, this is my second. This is my f- second appearance of the season. I did a. I did a Chica one in August. Oh God, you did! Yeah, 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 yeah. You sounded really good. Did you listen to a Chica? Absolutely not, of course. Not. <laughs> Chica, what's going on with you? So on Sunday, I watched the World Cup final. Now, uh, this brought to the end my four weeks of watching football, which I don't usually do. I don't actually like football, but I've been watching hours and hours and hours of games. And like, and I've actually been quite enjoying them, but by the end of all of these games, I realised I don't actually know any of the rules at all. And I sort of realised, what is the point? You know, I mean, getting so into it, shouting at the TV and everything, but I don't know a single rule of football other than when the ball's in the goal, it's a goal. That's the beauty not of necessarily. football. Or, but it's not it even, it's not even it, that. That's not even a goal. But that's the beauty of football. It's so simple. <laughs> no, I, I, I love football. You can just watch it. You don't even have to pay it. But if it's a goal, you know it's a goal and that's great. If it's not a goal, you don't have to. That's why I struggle watching rugby, right? Because you can't watch rugby without knowing what they're doing. Why are they running forwards and going back? Why does these now Why have they stopped, stopped and cuddled? What, yeah, yeah, and now they're all, oh, but they're all group lining hug. up in their group hugs. But, oh, we have Guy, to... Guys, Someone puts the ball and then we... St- I just, I love football. It's simple. We're very close to getting to the realisation that Formula One's quite boring. <laughs> <laughs> I think we said that in our first ever episode. <laughs> yeah. Newsflash. Since the end of the season, actually shitloads happened in the form of all the team principals paying musical chairs. So let's quickly recap. Mattia Bignetto, he's gone, out dead, well not dead, but he's resigned from Ferrari despite helming their best season for ages. Who's in? Freddy Vasseur, fresh from Alfa Romeo, with a cheeky grin and a stupid fucking blazer with a horse on it. So, what does that mean for Alfa slash Sauber slash Audi? It means Andreas Seidel, who has ditched McLaren for his upcoming German rebranding of the Italian team that's actually Swiss. And in Woking, it means a new man in charge of McLaren, Andreas Stella, who is new to the big chair but has also been at the team for seven years and used to work alongside Michael Schumacher at Ferrari. So, what do we make of all these changes and did we see them coming? Right, first things first, Andreas Stella sounds like a pre-qualifying Formula One team of the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Can we call him Andrea Moda for <laughs> the rest of time? And now I think about it, Andrea Seidel also sounds like a pretty cool point too. And Freddie Vasseur sounds like a, a chippy con man. One of the drivers. He, he, sounds like a, he sounds like he's a spiv in dad's army. And Mattia Binotto, I liked him. Ferrari didn't, even though he got the best result in God knows how long for them. He's gone. He's out. Forced out, allegedly. So, Jack, who do you know? Who do you know of those people? How many of those people could you text right now? No, I've got their numbers. Hang on. How far up the chain's numbers do you have? Well, <laughs> if I said to you right now, get me someone from McLaren, how high could you go? So it's it's a very interesting question. This because <laughs> I find it very interesting because so I'm not a journalist in my right. I'm a broadcast journalist, a broadcaster, whatever, whatever. But I don't need to like. It's not. I, I don't have many drivers' phone numbers to just, like, text them and be like, oh, hey, what? But I think journalists, like, people who work for, you know, Autosport or The Race or whatever, do. Or so, But I don't, so that's my answer. So I'd go to the press officer. How many races have you been to this year, Jack? Uh, all of them, surely. All of them. No, we go to about just, we go to about half. We go to about half. You don't go to the races. You don't have anyone's number. Are you? <laughs> I don't know why you invite me on the pod either. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that the um, 
Team principal movement's very interesting. I think Fred Vasseur at Ferrari will be really, really interesting. But the problem is you keep changing the team principal at Ferrari. We don't. No, one that yeah. they do. Don't blame us. And it's, the, and it's the culture that needs to change, right? If Vasseur is allowed to change things from the top down, then cool, won't be. fine. But if it's not, if it's just do this role that Mattia did, nothing's going to change. It'll be the same old crap where the just the toxic atmosphere of Maranello consistently strives to crush any advances that they might make. What like this year, the engineers made a good car, but then strategy and people not being allowed to do stuff properly meant that they couldn't use it properly. And he's got a different job title to Binotto. Oh yes, he's had, yeah. Well, yeah, they're all sort of nominally team principal, but in in practice, they're different roles at different teams, aren't they? He's like assistant to the general manager. <laughs> I've never had any opinion on Frederick Vasseur until I saw that picture of him in that stupid Ferrari jacket. And now I think he's a great A pillock. <laughs> no, what I will say about... what I will, I will, I will back Fred Vasseur here. He, he created a very, very successful junior team in ART. I know him a little bit from Formula E because he made the first Formula E cars. He was part of the Spark program there and everyone who knows him really likes him and he's a racing man and he's straightforward and i think that would be really interesting he's like he's super straightforward so how that works out with marinello will be really really interesting there could be some yeah, the friction. least straightforward team exactly in the so it's a really curious one and he was in charles leclerc's boss when leclerc won all of the his championships in the junior formula so i think that one's a really interesting appointment but it might end up being nothing but it might end up being great Fired by Barcelona? No, but I tell you who will be. Carlos signs his cousin. I bet <laughs> he is the first out the door. Freddie Vasectomy. Freddie Vasectomy comes in, points at him and says, You, I don't want to fucking see you again. Get the fuck out of here. And then he's like, Do you know who There'll I be am? a special episode of Drive to Survive on that and what he does next. He'll have a spin off show. What about this um, guy who's now the McLaren guy? Do we know anything about him? I think he's just a jobbing. I say jobbing. He's clearly done very well, but he's he's been around. Yeah, he was at he? Ferrari for for many years, and then he's been kind of pretty high up in the. I can't I can't remember his exact. Was he like chief trackside engineer or something at, at McLaren? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he was mm-hmm. pretty much up there. And then he's coming to. A, it's a promotion. I don't know. I think that's a. When I think broadly speaking, when Stella was announced, everyone went. Ah, oh, seems like a good idea. Those of us that had heard of him all agreed it seemed like a decent idea. So, Stella. we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you reckon he's quite fighty? Yeah. Mm. I anyway, bet he Stella. wears a gilet. I bet he wears a wife beater. You can't call them that. That was my joke. They're very different, well, things. They're different things. What do you think? <laughs> hey, what's the difference with a gilet and a wife beater? I thought they were the same. Gilet is like Gilet's a padded, like a a padded thing, zip-up thing that you wear between an outer layer and, yeah, the, and, the, yeah. uh, and, and a vest. Yeah, and the other thing's is a vest. Or a wife beater. A vest is literally like a basketball vest. An like a vest. Why do we need oh, to explain to you what like a vest is? It's a, like, it's a vest. What? Ha- well, in America, oh. a vest is a different thing, apparently. So it's a vest without a apparently zip. Apparently, in America, America I think a vest a is a tank top. What's a, No, nothing's a gilet without a zip. What are you talking about? It's a gilet and a vest. There's two things, a gilet and a vest. Which one don't you know what it is? Gilet. Gilet is outdoor wear. Vest is a wife indoor wear. It's a vest. It's a gilet without a zip. No, it's a vest. Anyway, not when Frederick, when Frederick Vesti makes it to F1, this will all be like <laughs> c- content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to Google. I know we're at the start of a very long podcast. What are you going to Google a vest? <laughs> I'm Googling wife beater. It's a vest! <laughs> hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We three teams on podium are none of us really pleased with our car. Bahrain! The 2022 season kicked off with new cars, new rules and a new team. So definitely on top of the world. We came away from the Bahrain GP wondering, could Ferrari possibly screw up this year after a 1-2 in the first race? Were you surprised by how the first race panned out? At the time or in hindsight? <laughs> because in sight, In hindsight, hindsight you can't yeah, be surprised about anything, surely. Exactly. No, I am. I am. This is what I'm saying. In hindsight, when we went back to start doing this and I looked back at the first race, I was like, holy shit, Ferrari were all over it. I was extremely surprised. I'd forgotten. And Red Bull's reliability so, was awful. It was, yeah. wasn't it? And I was like, wow, Ferrari going to walk this. I think it was a very exciting start to the season. And we all, because that Mercedes, you know, it was nice... The Hamilton Verstappen stuff at the end of last year, throughout last year, was great, but it got a bit... It was nice that that wasn't the story, you know? It was nice that it was Leclerc versus Verstappen, and it was all very exciting. And they raced. They had some great racing, the two of them, for a, for a good couple of laps, didn't they? Which was, which was a real thrill. And then both Red Bulls retire, and... Oh, I was so excited in Bahrain. Did you go? Yep. Oh, oh. what was the vibe like? You definitely what was the vibe like in the there. paddock after the whole Abu Dhabi thing? That's a good question. The vibe wasn't the main vibe was McLaren what has happened and Mercedes what has happened because McLaren were terrible in Bahrain, like really really bad. So we spent most of our time trying to find out what had happened there and at Mercedes, but Mercedes we knew from sort of Spain, didn't we? And, and pre-season testing, they were going to be boinging all over the place. So I think everyone was just oh, yes. really excited that that we were in for an interesting fight and Ferrari back at the front because no one wants to see whether you're a Ferrari fan or not a Ferrari fan you don't want to see less competitive teams at the front no one's like oh I really want to see Ferrari struggling to make it into Q2 that's no fun oh really really <laughs> no only for Ferrari I, I miss the late 80s early 90s where Ferrari would be regularly right at the back <laughs> why because it's funny funny yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's funny for a bit and we had that in 20... 20- 20 didn't we when at Spa and Monza they were like the slowest cars but it's it's only funny for a while but it's more the hubris sometimes sometimes the shtick has to change Terry FYI (laughs) wow Wow. we're into season 7 and suddenly we're getting some complaints Um, (laughs) no I feel like it's because Ferrari have got the hubris it's like Williams I'm quite sad they're at the back even though that is laughable for other reasons but I think it's Ferrari have got like um, no offence short man syndrome no offense to who. We're yeah, all quite I, tall. yeah, we're reasonably tall. I can't remember. I can't remember any of your heights. I haven't seen them for so long. <laughs> so I thought if I just said no offense, one of you would get. I, I figured the shortest of you would get offended. And well done to both of you. <laughs> you passed the test. Yeah, no, we're perfect. We're perfectly, totally happy with our height. Our heights are absolutely fine, aren't they, Phil? Don't we have great heights? Yeah, yeah. I'm very. We've got I'm the a, best I'm heights actually. Yeah, I think math. we're both great. I tell you what it is, Jack. I think I've said this before. You seem short. <laughs> 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 Anyone who's met Jack, I challenge you to not be surprised by how tall he is because he is quite tall. 
but, but that's because you seem sure. It's, it's appearing, appearing next to like Weber and Vernon Kay and... Have you been next to Weber? No, Vernon Kay and whoever else have you, is on. Have you stood next I to have, Vernon Kay? Are you allowed to stand near him? Yeah, I've stood next to Ver- Vernon's taller than me. So can we can we just get to the bottom of when you stood me up in Berlin, Jack? Was it because <laughs> of Vernon Kay? No, he didn't. No, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Fuck it. Well, that was the only acceptable answer. Sorry, what, so if I'd, have, if I'd have stood you up for Vernon Kay, you'd have been fine? I, I, I like celebrities. I can't help myself. Why do you like... Listen, look, this isn't therapy. We'll move on. Bahrain was great, wasn't it? So anyway. The start of the season was awesome. <laughs> it was good. I was excited. It did, the season did not go the way I thought it would go, but I was excited by the, the, the... And the racing seemed quite good as well, and we'll touch on that. I don't know about you. I got used to the look of the, the, look of the new cars very quickly. Well, they're good, aren't they? Because if you, if you go back to that year, the famous year when they had the penis noses, yes, and that was just... That was not ugly from the start. Not only ugly, but also, I mean, I'm still <coughs> fascinated by how at no point did someone put the brakes on the did the rules going. You know, there's going to be fucking penises, <laughs> but the cars look shit. And it's like the same with the short cars and the skinny cars. And like for, for years, the rules dictated a shit looking car. And this year, and they, I mean, I think they said right from the start that the part of the rules was to be more aesthetically pleasing, and they were. You know, it's not that hard to draw a car that looks like a kind of kid's toy. That's what you want a Formula One car to look like. And for years, they haven't. And this year, they have. So, well done. There. No, they did look really cool this year. And also, if, do you remember everyone was worried about how they'd all look the same and all these rules, all oh, the cars are going to look the same? Mm-hmm. They really didn't. Like the Red Bull and the no, Ferrari and the Mercedes oh, yeah. looked really different. It was side pods at, uh, in Bahrain, yeah. wasn't it? And in testing as well. Although, it do you know like, what? Whoa, these side pods be cray cray. What disappointed me most? Do you remember that F1 show car they wheeled out whenever they talked about uh, the, the new rules? Holographic one, yeah. yeah. I was under the impression that most of the teams would have holographic liveries, and I'm pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> there should be a rule. One race of the year, they have to have shinies. Saudi Arabia! The final weekend of March brought us the Festival of Motorsport, Abuse of Human Rights and Violence that was the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Everyone broke down, Sonoda broke down on the way to the grid, Verstappen won after a bit of late race argy-bargy and there were rockets. Was this year set to be a tight race to the end? Another race where Verstappen and Leclerc are fighting. You're like, what is this? This is just phenomenal. After the best F1 season ever last year, it's all starting again. It was great. We are going to have this all yes. season. Yes. It's going to come also, down to the wire. Also, I can't think of another year, and I, I haven't started to think about this until I started this sentence. <laughs> so the actual answer <laughs> is the story you can't podcast. think of another year. Is what, is what, that's the end of the sentence. <laughs> I don't remember what years are. But when was the last time that there were two drivers fighting for one championship the year before? And the second year, there was two different drivers, but one of them was the same. Probably... Hill and Schumacher what? 95 into Hill and Villeneuve 96 into Villeneuve and Ooh. Schumacher 97 into Schumacher and Hacken in 98. You probably had four years in a row where that happened. Yeah. So so uh, so every year is is what we're saying. <laughs> Sorry, I think I yeah. think that's it on my internet. I didn't hear Jack's answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weirdly, it was somehow cut out by producer Matt. It's really weird. Anyway, it's a great point there, Terry. Brilliant job. <laughs> Never. <laughs> it was good. Well, Apart from did, you know the missiles. It, well, yeah, there were missiles, but you know, turns out this year there's been a lot of missiles this, at this point of the year it really looked like it was going to be a Leclerc Verstappen to the end you'd think that Hamilton and Mercedes would get their act together quite quickly so it felt like by the summer they probably had the championship but they'd be winning races by the summer blah 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 there was no way you could predict at this point of the season that Verstappen would fucking walk it like a boring Schumacher year no 
No chance. No. Well, it wasn't so much like a boring Schumacher year because yes, it Schumacher was. Years, they completely dominated through being miles better than everyone else. And in fairness, he did that. But it was also this year because everybody else fucked up. Like Mercedes made a shit car, Ferrari were Ferrari, and it was just Red, Red Bull fucked up the least. Which I guess is the Verstappen same was on pole. Verstappen so. was on pole for less than a third of the races, and he only yeah. didn't win one, and two, three, four, them. five, six, seven. He won two thirds and only had only, pole yeah. on one third. Remarkable. It did very well, but it was it was in a considerable chunk of Ferrari continually oh, fucking up no in doubt, one way or no the doubt. other. But still, um, Saudi Arabia. I mean, as we're speaking, just after the World Cup, the whole human rights sport washing in the Middle East thing is pretty fresh in the memory. I feel like we've kind of got used to it in F1. We probably shouldn't get used to it. But we have. Of course we got used to it. Do you remember they used, there was talks of boycotting the Bahrain Grand Prix 10 years ago and now it's just like, oh yeah, they do that there. Oh, it's, bless them. <laughs> yeah, have now ways. they're literally racing through missiles and they're like, no, it's fine. We'll have a bit of a meeting and maybe maybe we'll, we'll say something about it. But that was literally all that happened. We've written a sternly worded letter to the missiles. <laughs> So please stop missiling and during the race weekend. Rest of the year, totally fine. But at this point, Leclerc was in the lead, wasn't he? So he'd had a win and a second. Yep. So he was he was well ahead. I'm gonna put, well, I'm, he was partially ahead. I'm going to put money on Leclerc winning the championship at this point. It is looking pretty strong mm. at this point. It's a good job my bank put a stop to my gambling. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, I've got a listener question for you. Tim Renler asks... Is Die Hard a Christmas film? Also, which F1 baddie would be the best Hans Gruber? I'm going to say Christian Horner. He's He's got an opinion here, just by asking. I'm going to say Christian <laughs> Horner, as he outwardly says and does one thing to create a lot of noise and distraction, but is really just doing something entirely different. Okay, so Die Hard is a Christmas film, yes. 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 And Sebastian Vettel. Ooh. Because he's also clearly British, pretending to be English, <laughs> pretending to be German. That's very good, Terry. Well done. So does that mean he's putting on a slightly racist German accent? Look, Sebastian Vettel is as German as the people in a lower low. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that set in um, France? What am I missing? Oh, there's Germans. Oh, right. There's Nazis in it. I, fucking, it's I haven't watched it. Well, who watches a lower low? <laughs> oh, I Old for, people like oh, us. I forgot you're, you're tall, but you're young. Even I've heard <laughs> I've heard of it, but I don't know. But it sounds French to me. Heil Hitler Club. I shouldn't say that here. You no, made, me, a, you like made me say it. I just said Heil Hitler on German internet. I what? They're, 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 it. It's French, but in the war or something. Yes. Yes. Okay. I don't, so the war. Do you, do, you know, do you remember the war? No, obviously, I don't remember the war. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm conceptually aware of it. Did you two do O levels? <laughs> no. Fuck you, you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you use quills? It's first of the evening. I never thought it'd be aimed at Jack. <laughs> I did GCSEs and then dropped out. Yeah, we did A-levels when they still had didn't, like letters for the results instead of numbers that they apparently have now. I didn't do A-levels. Do you but have much of a do. foreign listening? Because this is going right over their heads. A lot of Americans, yeah. mostly in San Diego. Really? Be- best F1 baddie, quickly. I would say Helmut Marco is the obvious choice. Yeah. Mm, that, yeah. Like a, maybe more of a Bond villain than, than, a, than a diehard villain, but... Alonso's a bit of a bad guy, isn't he? Oh, that's true. That's a good show. No, Alonso's like a the henchman who gets killed <laughs> on the first scene. Oh, I wouldn't have got killed if it was anyone else's fault. Oh, God, I'm really good. I'm the best shot, except for this one time when you're filming me. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, unfortunately, I've got this GP2-bladed hat. 
that's way too Bomb niche of reference. reference for yeah, nobody, <laughs> yeah, I think Alonso is a little, you know, masterminding genius works. I mean, masterminding genius goes so far, <laughs> but, you know... Masterminding genius who's found himself in average teams for the past 20 years. Aha! Uh-huh. I've shown you, Ferrari. <laughs> Look at you, Red Bull and Mercedes, you won't touch me. I'm going to Aston Martin. <laughs> well, mate, yeah, but that's the point. Now get, you'll no, be that's sorry. The, the masterminding geniuses always get foiled. So that so it works yes, perfectly by themselves. Yeah. Oh, I see. So who's who's foiling him? Like the hood in like himself. the hood in Thunderbirds, right? He's always going to win, and he's got the, and then he loses. See, that's old school. You haven't heard of Thunderbirds? Yeah, do you know Thunderbirds? You haven't heard of Thunderbirds? Hello, but you're referencing Thunderbirds, which is at least fifteen years. Yeah, earlier. but they replayed Thunderbirds in the nineties. So. Uh, oh, what Dad's Army? No. Some mothers do. Have oh, I like Frank. I always liked Frank Spencer. Actually, I could relate. Why well, do you know that that's, that predates a lower low? <laughs> I've seen Metropolis by what's he called? Thingy Fritz, Fritz Lang. Lang. But that was Franz, before Franz my Tost. <laughs> <laughs> You know the famous line in a lower low. What a lower low! It is I, Leclerc, coming <laughs> <laughs> oh. second in the championship. <laughs> That's why people keep saying that. I was just that. pissing by. Okay, okay, Jack. Your, your dare, if you choose to accept it, is to get a low, low references into the Formula E next year, and then I'll watch it. <laughs> okay, fine. It's a deal. Fine, it's a deal. Brilliant. Good morning. Welcome to the <laughs> Oil Dubai E-Prix. <laughs> the French, the French E-Prix. The whole French EP is just continuing low, low references. Here, Jack. Have Great. you seen Formula E's new design? What do you think about it? I don't mean the cars. I mean the fucking terrible logo and font. Australia! (laughs) (laughs) And we're back in Oz. They'd had a couple of years off thanks to COVID, mate. But now a reprofiled Albert Park track brought back exactly the same weirdly disappointing race. Verstappen broke down, literally, and the clerk stormed off into the distance as the Mercedes bounced up and down and up and down. So this is when I already thought the clerk was going to be champion. But what were your thoughts? We kind of already yeah, asked this, sorry. <laughs> so at this point, Leclerc is 46 points ahead of Verstappen after three races. There we go. 46 points And in this race, he got, he got the pole, the win, and the fastest yeah. lap. So it was looking pretty good for Charlie Clark. Yeah. And Verstappen was, was broken down. Yeah, no reliability. Two out of three races, they've broken down. But we should yeah. then talk about the Mercedes breaking up and down and up and down and up and down. Because, so the porpoising was a big thing this year. I'd forgotten about that. But when yeah. did that stop? Has it stopped? No, it, it, well, they, it got, there was it got a rule better, change. but it never really stopped. They were having it bad in uh, Abu Dhabi, well, I think, didn't back, they? Didn't they were still having it bad. Did they? Oh, really? But there was a rule, because there was, was a rule better. change where they had, they, they, didn't they, they brought something in mid-season, didn't they, where the, there was a certain limit of, I Jack, explain what I'm talking about, because well, they had the stupid. vertical G sensor, didn't That's they? That's what I meant, yeah, yeah. You literally can't bounce anymore because you're breaking your drivers. We were in for a boring season at the end of the Australian Grand Prix. It was going to be a boring year. Ferrari domination. What's the point in turning yeah, up? I thought they were going to run out. Well, there was an early sign that maybe it wouldn't be quite so smooth with Ferrari because um, Science had a nightmare. Oh, uh, God. He went straight backwards and then crashed uh, on the second uh, lap. Yeah. Wasn't Science either shit or unlucky at the start of the year? Like every race. Yes. He was I like both. He was like a cool thud, wasn't he? He was just like out on the first corner of every race. Yes, and didn't that happen to him in his very last race as well, Coulthard? I seem to remember. I do remember that, because he had Brazil. a special livery, and it only lasted... Yeah. And an onboard helmet <laughs> camera as well. Oh, it was the first ever helmet cam, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, not the first ever. Yeah. I think the first one was in the early 90s with Mark Blundell at Spa, with but... Ed and Senna at Imola. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Yeah, but you're right, Terry. Science was on the podium in his the first two races of the season, so really tough start. <laughs> but then wasn't. Oh, when I say the start of the season, I mean... Rounds three and know, four. From three, <laughs> from yeah, exactly. We all know the first two don't count. <laughs> the first two are like trial runs. They're like, they're like practice pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we went to Italy and we were treated to a mildly interesting sprint race preceded by a relatively boring main race. Some highlights, however, included signs securing his place as Ferrari's number two despite keen competition from Charles Leclerc as both decided to hurl themselves off track Red Bull returned to dominance Mercedes were nowhere and McLaren were somewhere what do you remember at this point Leclerc is only winning one more race for the rest of the year this is round four of the championship he's leading Verstappen by 46 points he's got one more win on the way the whole rest of the season I've, I've written down that, that gap wrong then because I've got that he led Russell by 36 no, He led Verstappen by 46 because Verstappen was uh, sixth in the championship. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got um, one more win in yeah. his locker and this is round four. That I didn't think of that. That is remarkable. Uh, well, A, it's remarkable that he had such a big lead after four rounds, but then the fact that that, that would be it, largely. That is... What a season Ferrari had. Hmm. My word. Could it be more Ferrari? How much more Ferrari could it be? That's such a depressing stat, isn't it? That he, that, oh After Australia, God. he won one more race. That is so wow. sad. Poor Charlie Clark. Do you think he'll win a title? Nah. How do you reckon he's coped this year? I mean, because there's not many, not many people, and I, Jack, you can now do your knowledge of Formula One thing that gets <laughs> me here. How many drivers have had arguably the best car and failed in such a spectacular way I guess well Sergio Perez uh, but not really you know like the, 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 who he got beaten by he got beaten by there the are track. there are arguments that you know the best cars haven't always won the championship you think back to 2008 yeah. I think the Ferrari was probably better than the McLaren but Hamilton was yeah, better but it, than Massa but it's all a bit close the one interesting one was 2002 2002 I think hang on I'm just going to check this but I think Juan Pablo Montoya maybe had about seven poles in a row and never won <laughs> any there. races. Yeah. Montoya in 2002 had one, two, <coughs> three, four, five, six, seven pole positions and didn't win a race. It was, and finished therefore third in the championship. So that was one, it was that kind of thing where Leclerc just kept banging yeah. it on pole, but, but couldn't win. Quick over a lap, but not in the race. So how, because, but, you know, you have to have strategy. So therefore the question is, how do you reckon he's coped? Like I how, would say, well, well, how well has he coped? I pr- he's probably gone back to his millions of pounds in Monaco and his model girlfriend. That's money not doesn't enough, make Phil. you happy, Phil. We all know that that's never enough. <laughs> we know from personal experience that it's never <laughs> enough. I think he's probably. I I wonder if there's a dawning realization that even if he cuts out his own personal mistakes, of which he has made yeah. some this year. He's still stuck at You Ferrari, have to say... And I don't see any signs of the... Of that answer changing. to whoever asked it, will Leclerc win a title? Maybe the answer is yes, whenever he leaves Ferrari. This is it, but would he? Where, where would he go? Well, Mercedes will need someone soon, won't they? This is another casualty of Ferrari's blame culture, isn't it? Because when Vettel got to Ferrari, the people that had hired him had all been fired. So he yeah. was just like, hey, where's the guy? Where's... um?" Giorgio, I'm guessing an Italian. He's like, oh no, he's gone. Sorry, he's dead. Yeah, and kind of the same happened with Alonso, wasn't it? Like he just Ferrari will just routinely just sack everybody, 
and then they've got to start again. So they go, well, they, you sign this driver for a multi-year contract, and then on year two of the contract, you go, right, we're going to start again. It's a bit embarrassing, <laughs> but this time we're going to get it right. But this time, there, as we mentioned earlier with Freddie V, they're at least bringing in someone who Leclerc is up for, you know, and, and worked with. Yeah, and blah, but, so at least that's a sort of a step in the... spirit crushed oh, with the no league. doubt. But at least it's a step in the <laughs> right direction. Yeah, but it's or in a direction. There's going to be upheaval. You know, Freddie Vassar is going to come in and he's going to throw his vasectomy fist down. And, you know, the Italians are all going to be like, oh, we're not going to work for you. You're not Italian. Oh, fuck you. You you don't do it the Italian way. You're sober. And, um, you know, they're all going to resent him. And it's going to take a year or two. And by then, Leclerc's going to be old. He's going to be like 23 or something. And... <laughs> I don't know. I just. What if Andrea Stella does an amazing job at McLaren and then Ferrari, like, oh, an Italian who knows how to lead a team? Well, don't forget, there's another team here that we mentioned. We didn't really give much talk to at the start in the news, but Audi uh, on a big hiring spree, and they're going to want a star driver in a couple of years, aren't they? So, Lando, Lando Norris. Norris. got to be. Well, obviously, obviously, it's going to be Lando Norris. I'm trying to make some debate. What if it's Charlie Clark? Well, no, but, no, but that's, that is a, that's, a legitimate, that's a legitimate. That's a genuinely legitimate point. Well, he's been at the team before. Oh, yeah. Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon right now Bottas is going, I'm in for this Audi drive, and everyone's like, oh, mate, no, no. <laughs> Bottas 7.0. He's getting it ready. I mean, he, he might be the second driver. No. Reserve? No. no. Simulator. So we've got a listener question now. Charles Brooker asks, Jack, Brooker. Oh. is this podcast the low point of your career? Well, oh, I mean, you've done it before, so this would be the however. Many I don't think Charles. I think, like most people, Charles Brooker hasn't heard of a Formula E. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually. I think somebody did mention Marbula E, but oh, that was no Marbula E. I thought, why am I doing this? But it was something to do in lockdown. And people who don't watch motorsport were just like, "Was that you on the marbles?" Uh, <laughs> Is it still going? No, on the marbles. On... That's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? What was the question? Is this a low point in my career? That's a very kind thing to say to suggest that my career has had highs. <laughs> so that's I'm taking it. I'm taking it oh, in, in that oh, way. Come on, you've been the face of marbles. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the low point of my career. I've had worse days than this. And way what, less what's fun. The worst? What's, been, what's been the low point in your career? Winter Olympics 2014. <laughs> they hired oh, me to uh, to do... I said after I did some Olympics in 2012, I was like, oh, I'd love to come and do ski cross and snowboard cross and those, you know, downhill racing elements of, of winter sports because I enjoy skiing and, I, I like I, and, you know, I like racing and that seemed like it would fit. Then I sort of about a month out, they were like, oh, by the way, you're doing all freestyle skiing and snowboarding. So it's what, like half pipe. So oh. suddenly I'm doing the half pipe snowboarding which i've not got a clue about and i've tried my best to learn but look how fast he's going down no the i kept so in snowboarding it's like cool to fall over which i didn't know so i'm going oh he's fallen over again and uh, you know what <laughs> hang on i will read you I'm not, I'm not sure it is cool to fall over. i'm going to read you a email i got from a man oh so february 11th 2014 <laughs> Whoa, 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 Eric, before you read this, how, how you found quick? that suspiciously yeah. good. Because, because yeah. the there's a word in it, there's a word in it that has never been sent an email to me before. So I can just Google this, I can just search this one word in Gmail and it comes up. So here we go. This is, okay, before you, before you read it, so we have to guess the this, word. Yeah, this is from a guy called Brendan. <laughs> and if you, were, if you were a hardcore snowball fan in America, you got me. So it was not great. Here we go. 
If anyone ever asks you to announce a snowboard event again, please decline. You should be embarrassed. You announce like a jackass. You don't know what the tricks are. You don't know anything about the riders. And all you talk about is how poorly they rode, touching the pipe, etc. You certainly get more excited about the riders doing poorly than when they send it. I'm listening to you as we speak. And I don't even have words for how much you suck. And he goes down. Try not to get so excited, you dipshit. You sound like you're announcing a NASCAR race. You owe a big apology to riders across the US and anywhere else that was stuck listening to your asinine dipshit comments. So that was Brendan. So was the word NASCAR? It was uh, asinine. <laughs> no one is. I don't have asinine oh, anywhere. Yeah, word. agreed. Fair. So that was the picking that up. When you think you're, wow. you know, doing your best at the Winter Olympics, and someone's <coughs> taken the time to find your. I was already getting enough abuse on Twitter that I turned off my Twitter, and then someone has gone to the effort of finding my personal email address and sending me that. Wasn't much fun. Wow. Was it somebody that competed and lost? I don't know who that. I didn't. Yes. I didn't reply. It was Sean White. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sean White was competing. I remember him. He did a big old spinny thing. He's gone upside down. He won't have meant to do <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I feel for you, Jack, but also I find this weird because, like, when you watch obscure Winter Olympic sports, like snowboarding, a multi-billion dollar <laughs> <laughs> field, no one watches it. But you, that, that thing is the commentator. You, you. you you just trust that the commentator knows what well, they're talking the, about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, but, but what I'm saying is that they've applied and be like, "Can I, can I do but, this?" Because but I if can't. you don't, but things, if you don't know about the sport, you have this trust yeah. that the commentator knows exactly. what they're talking about. Mm. So it's totally fine. So if I'd have watched it, I would no, have been like, "Oh, he doesn't know." What completely he's talking agreed. About. And that's, and yeah. you know, any most people who would have watched it would have thought, "Oh, this guy, wow, he's a real snowboarding." But. I got abuse for marbles as well. I got tweets going and going, you don't... <laughs> I'm not joking. From the hardcore marble I'm not marble joking. Heads. The first marbillery, if you watch it in the YouTube comments, it says, um, you know, this guy doesn't know anything about marbles. He keeps talking about, like, their inanimate <laughs> objects and stuff. I'm thinking they are... What? what are you supposed to say? I'm serious. That's 100% true. Talk about their feelings. I've been married very happily for four years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Miami Miami was very keen to please and with several A-list celebs for Martin Brundle to harass on the grid and even more Z-listers that nobody recognised and a side point the racing let's just say that Verstappen won and Lando crashed and to be honest that was about it question did you think this was going to be as boring as it was and also Jack were you there I was there what was it like oh it was it was it was it looked like a good it event. was special yeah, it was a really, really crazy event. You're in Miami, and I, I loved it. I love, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. The race, good facilities. Um, the facilities were tweets. okay. The facilities were actually, you know what? The media center was quite good. Um, the commentary box was okay, quite small, but okay. But I, but the whole event was there was such a buzz. There was such a buzz about the, the place. The comparison I say, is that. It felt like a American sporting event that happened to be a Formula One race, whereas <laughs> Austin is a Formula One race that happens to be in America. You know what I mean? That's the uh, that's so the they, kind of difference. so they just bought the off the shelf razzmatazz of American yeah, sports. Yeah, and it was and plonked it there, and it was fantastic. But I would say, as a fan or like as someone who watches on the telly, like you do most of the year. Um, <laughs> I think the Miami Grand Prix was entirely forgettable. I don't even mean for the actual race itself. All those bits you're talking about doesn't come across. Well, no, I, d- I don't necessarily disagree with that, and I think that's a really interesting thing about. And and I always and I'm I'm not interested in celebrities and who's on the grid, and and I, I don't really. 
Vernon Kay. <laughs> <laughs> Vernon Kay is doing panto in High Wickham. I don't think we're talking the same as David Beckham and like Brian Cant. <laughs> Who's the most famous person you've ever seen in a panto? <laughs> Michelle Obama. And people like that, what? you know, like, and all those other people that were at the at the Miami Grand Prix. He's behind you. Quick, get the security. Um, See, I don't know if it's just people say it and then it becomes a myth. You know what I mean? In the same way, it's the same with Monaco, right? Everyone says Monaco's amazing. Wow, what a wonder. But when you're watching on telly, it's boring, isn't it? Dull as fuck. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Here's, here's somebody we've never heard of on the grid, ignoring Martin Brundle. Yeah. Good, yeah. Uh, Miami, from our point of view, I would I would happily never watch it again. But the fact that so many people that were there and presumably had money and were more important really liked it suggests it's not going anywhere. All I remember from that was the thing about the boat not being in the water. That's all I oh, remember. Yeah, fake, fake water. At least Abu Dhabi's got real water. Why Why get so angry about Miami? It's still a motor race, right? You're still tuning well, in for a Formula is- 1 race and they go around a Formula 1 track. Not a great track, but... Why get so angry that celebrities have come to races? I don't get it. Doing all the, because they, they're doing all this and they're ignoring the people who are actually interested in this. Well, I'm sure there are celebrities. But the people, if, you're, if you F1, love, I've, right, I know of a few. But if you love F1, then you don't go to Miami, you're going to Austin. Well, that's true. So that's but then fine. don't have it there. What, because we can only have something. A, we can only have they're, a, they're, going, they're, set, they're going to all the bother of setting up a crap track around a car park in Miami when they could be at like... Yeah, yeah, of course, but we go to Bahrain and set all the bother up of doing a thing in Bahrain and not many fans come, although it was was much busier this year. Yeah, okay, I agree the Miami circuit wasn't great, but we've got 24 races on the calendar. There's room for everything. I don't understand what... I think you've got to... to Too many races, get rid of it. Oh, too many races, I agree, but that's just how many there are. No, but the audience of Formula One is mainly, no offence, Phil dads who haven't got much sleep Hi. and they want to they want to yeah. watch the race in a bit of peace you know they managed to get the family off to to Westfield or whatever <laughs> yes there's having a cheeky wank because there's a supermodel on the grid but mostly <laughs> mostly it's just like watching people in the teddy go we're having a great time look at all these famous people and he's like it's hard enough watching millionaires go around a track for two hours but then mm. to watch Everyone going, oh, this is great. We're in Miami. It's just a bit depressing. So this is why we like the British Grand Prix, because everyone's like, we're here in a field in Silverstone. It's raining. You don't feel like you're missing out because you too could be in a field in Northamptonshire. You've chosen not to be. No, no, no. It's it's better than that. It's it's when there are those same famous people in the rain in Northampton. So you like like celebrities getting rained on. I, it's my it's my thing, Jack. Okay, interesting. (laughs) Okay, it's a theme night for clubs in (laughs) OnlyFans. You know that thing with, is it Cameo, where you get people to do a famous message? Yes, I've got <laughs> one for my dad for his birthday. Who from? Um, was he happy with it? <laughs> oh, it's, it's his birthday on Boxing Day, so he hasn't seen it yet. So who is it? Uh, it's Carl Kennedy from Neighbours. <laughs> no. <laughs> does he like, does your dad love Neighbours? He has watched Neighbours religiously since the 80s. No way. <gasps> is Stefan Dennis on there? No, he's back now, yeah. He's not on Cameo, though, because oh. I look for him. Is Carl Kennedy still make with them? Make him feel good. I can make you feel good. Susan. <laughs> no, but Carl Kennedy left Susan for Natalie Bassingthwaite. I can't remember the character's name. I think she's on it as well. Is she back on it? Oh, for fuck's wow. sake. But it was too, it was too expensive. Oh, well, she's on Cameo. One, so I don't love my dad that much. I think so. Are <laughs> <laughs> any of them low or low on Cameo? <laughs> Are any of them still alive? Cameo AO. <laughs> I regret it. Sorry. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Personalised video, four hundred and ten pounds. 
Oh yeah, that's why I didn't go for Bassing her. Bassingthwaite is expensive. There's some Formula One peeps on there as well. Am I on here? Yeah, you can get. I don't think I am. <laughs> I'm just checking. You could be. I, I guarantee there's people less famous than you on there. No, I'm not. That's good. <laughs> you didn't know if you were on there. Well, I presumed I wasn't. Yeah, Hang on, I've got to check if Alex Jakes is on here. If you're if you're <laughs> doing this podcast for nothing, then you really should think about your own. Position. No, Jakes is not on here either. I mean, so I, I've just googled for for F1, and you, uh, I'll tell you who's on there. For the princely sum of eighty-two pounds, you can have a message from Roman Grosjean. Forty-nine quid, Karun Chandok. I want Roman Grosjean. Oh, Eduardo Mortara. Oh. Chris Medlin's on there. Chris Medlin, thirty-three quid for Chris Medlin. <laughs> Jack, can you do a cameo for us? Yeah, fine. Can you do one now? For me, it's for okay, Terry. Will... For Terry, okay. for his birthday. Okay. It's my birthday next month. Hi, Terry. It's Jack it. Nichols here. You might remember me from Sochi 2014. <laughs> I'd like to wish you a happy birthday from all your friends at FF1S, including Phil, Chica, and Matt. Have a great day. Yeah! I've gone green. That actually Could have made, made 33 me genuine, quid there. That made me genuinely happy. <laughs> it made me feel like I had friends. Chica? Well, that was my... That was, I was doing a bit about how they're reading it and they don't actually know how to say things. Spain! For the sixth race of the season, we went to Barcelona. What happened? Well, away from the Ferrari disaster, Lewis Hamilton was beaten by his teammate again. Mercedes also hadn't fixed their porpoising. In fact, it looked like it was disintegrating Hamilton's spine and Yuki Tsunoda had his car fixed with gaffer tape. Oh yes, and Lance Stroll and Nicholas Satifi had absolute nightmares. Matt Phil Carver asks... What is it like when you randomly run into a driver whose races you've been commentating on? Is it awkward? Are you suddenly just wondering if you've slagged them off on comms? Or do media folks just act like a bunch of rabid fangirls around the drivers? Do tell, Jack. I have more knowledge about it in in the Formula E's. And yeah, you are. there are drivers that I thought didn't like me because I give them quite a bit of stick on the tv and but it turns out they just hadn't heard of you because they don't watch Formula exactly <laughs> so like so that is true but so some you get a real difference of drivers that watch back and drivers that there are some drivers you're like you've never heard about me at all or heard heard what i say about you some drivers there was one race in uh montreal and nick heidfeld had crashed with a chap called loic duval a frenchman came out of the commentary box Duval, oh, Degrassi. Degrassi's had a go at me and Dario before about stuff we've said on commentary. So, yeah, you do get it, but you have to kind of try and create a decent relationship with these drivers whilst also being honest. And most of them accept that you've got to be honest and you've got a job to do, you know. And if you say you haven't, they, someone hasn't had a good race, then they can come up to you and give their excuses or whatever, but they still know that they sort of hasn't. So, or haven't. So... It's, an, it's a very, very interesting dynamic for sure. I mean, look at just look at Max at the end of this year refusing to talk to, to Sky F1 because of stuff that they'd been saying about Abu Dhabi or Verstappen, whatever. Verstappen versus Kravitz. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, those things, those things happen. I think, I think Michael Schumacher silly. didn't talk to Martin Brundle for a long time after Hareth 97. I think Brundle, you know, said Schumacher did it on purpose or whatever, and they, and they stopped speaking for... A long time, I think. So, couldn't handle the truth. It happens. Are they speaking now? <laughs> no. It's an innocent question. It's not at all. It's the exact opposite of innocent. Monaco. 
So Monaco was very nearly interesting thanks to some rain and tyre mayhem, but then the rain stopped and it was boring. When will the bigwigs fucking learn? Never. It's the old Miami. Everyone has a lovely time there, so they think it's a good race. Hang on, though. Wasn't it this year that Monaco was out of contract? Or was that last year? I think it was this year, but they renewed the contract. So it's yeah, because there was a fleeting moment where it really felt like they were going to fuck Monaco over. Yes, because they wanted to get loads of new races in, and they were like, there's only so many we can get. We're going to have to jettison some. Then. And Monaco were being pricks about it, going, we've got to have our camera guy doing it. He's <laughs> it's a, just one bloke. <laughs> he's the brother-in-law of my uh, husband. Hang on, that. Who's anyway? It doesn't matter. Anyway, he's got he's got his own camera, so he has to do it. And I think Monaco <laughs> won, and I'm pretty pissed off. I love Monaco. Yeah. You won't hear a bad word said about it from me. Do you when like the racing though? Do you ever watch the race? I think it is special enough that they've been having motor races there since what 1929, 1939. It's been on the calendar yeah, since the, oh, yeah. it's been on the calendar since the very start. Qualifying in Monaco, I just find spellbinding. People have, been, people have been murdered in Whitechapel since the Victorian age. Does that mean we should still have it going? That doesn't. I mean, that's that, still it is. It is still going. That, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a prestige um, race. Qualifying is great. Watching the cars thrash around. It's there unbelievable. Is great. The racing is terrible. agreed. But I think qualifying you know. and the history makes up for the fact the race isn't always. The race is usually not going to be great. It was pretty decent this year. Come on, was were you it? there? Yes, I was there. Oh, is that why you like it? You get your own little. Your no, own little yacht, because actually the BBC yacht. <laughs> yeah, the BBC yacht. We fly in on the BBC helicopter. It's called W1. Yeah, we borrow it from Gary Lineker for the weekend and fly in on the on the <laughs> on the BBC helicopter. To be clear, this is all not true. Before this ends up in the mail, okay, the so, Biebercopter. Yeah. Okay, so here's a question. Here's, here's a question. An answer. Right, a genuine question. Here's a genuine question. When you're with Jody and Palmer, yeah. at what point does the sheer disparity of money that you both have get awkward? <laughs> When he comes by yacht, I guess. No, n- never. He's on, he's on the easy jet fly out of Gatwick with us. Gets in the hire car. I usually drive the hire car. We go for dinner. Oh. oh I'm not going to let him drive the hire car, am I? Come yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Who pays for dinner? Do you, do you go hey, Dutch? All, uh, I don't know what going Dutch is. We split the dinner. We let off some orange flares. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, going Dutch is letting off some flares and running out of the restaurant saying, I'm not going to talk to Ted Grant. <laughs> no, we uh, split We split dinners. It's all, it's like... Do you think he pities you? <laughs> um, I don't, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Cause I'm just, I'm just saying, because when I was growing up, I was very poor and I had some well-off friends. Did you, did you feel pitied? definitely pitied me. Yeah, yeah, I sometimes, Terry, I once I went on holiday. Terry, with, you weren't pitied for your financial position you were pitied because of your personality so there's a very clear Ooh, difference it's coming back it's i think coming back. jack jack i think it's fair to say i was pitied for both yeah exactly so you can't blame it all yeah. on money terry imagine a nice down-to-earth regular guy who likes f1 nope that's jolian palmer hey you, you and jolian sound like you get on yeah if, lot, if you hadn't blanked him in the lift saying. at bbc headquarters maybe you would <laughs> he blanked me in the lift well, why was it? He doesn't know you. I literally introduced you and Terry just went, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I got really scared, all right? <laughs> Fuck you. Azerbaijan. You never quite know what kind of race Baku will deliver. And this year, it would have been entirely dull had Ferrari not decided to out-Ferrari themselves by turning a pole position into a double DNF with some fried engines, basically knackering their championship chances. Can you remember what else happened? on that race weekend. I don't remember much other than this being the race where Ferrari really 
cemented their status as Ferrari. <laughs> I don't have anything Leclerc else to say about Azerbaijan. Leclerc Verstappen won. I can't remember about it. Perez yeah, second. that was about it, wasn't it? Leclerc had a shit pit stop. Science retired again. I mean, this was. Really, I mean, else. we need to. T- I, I guess what we haven't talked. We've talked about the engines blowing up and everything, but we really haven't talked yet about Ferrari's calamitous strategy calls this year. Like, they've just like it's been a joke, isn't it? Like, what, what? I don't understand how you can it's, be it's, so bad at it. I think it's down again to the to the structure within yeah. Ferrari. Like you're not allowed to question things. I think they have a plan at the start of the weekend, and they must stick to that plan at all costs. Because if you're an underling, you can't you haven't got the authority to overrule people and actually make some decisions. You've just got to carry out what's been told. But the trouble is, things don't stay the same in Formula One, and when things change, they just don't seem to be able to react. Hence, the number of times you've seen them go out in the wrong tires, or well, it, you know, I mean, the it's wrong true. kind it, of tires. It is only Ferrari that get to like Plan F, isn't it? Oh, we're on Plan F point two. Yeah, <laughs> they seem to like they've they've got a list of pre-prepared plans, not realizing that sometimes you just have to freestyle. And I don't think they have the facilities, like the the, the company structure, to be able to freestyle in the way that they need to. It seems to me, anyway. It is quite damning, isn't it? Just to think, a team that storied and successful are also such a fucking mess. Like it is, it is fascinating, isn't it? Really. And the thing is, the interesting thing with Ferrari is, when were they great? When somebody non-Italian. Well, was no, I didn't quite mean that. Mm. But I meant you had that Schumacher period from, let's say, ninety-seven to 2006 they were championship content no no no, actually a bit later because they obviously they uh, eight eight we'll give them eight as well where they were front real proper front runners before that yeah yeah yeah. before that late late 70s with Schecter was the last world title in 1979 then you had a bit of louder nothing much in the 60s honestly and then a bit in the in the in the in the 50s with Ascari and the like but yeah, I think we've discussed this before. That they had two big chunks, which is why they're so ahead in, you know, a lot of the stats. Uh, they did had two periods where they were just really, really successful. Not dissimilar to the Red Bull chunk and the Mercedes chunk, and they've sort mm. of they've traded on that yeah. ever since. Well, it's a bit like Williams, isn't it? Because like Williams are still up there in terms of the greatest teams of all time. But if you're in your twenties and you watch Formula One, you've only known them as a fucking disaster. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. yet, and yet, they're still like, was it third or fourth in the standings or something? What Williams? No, a lot of, of all oh, time. Oh, of all time, yeah, yeah. right? Champion. Yeah, they're time. well up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in part by dint of being around for a, for a good few decades, but yeah, they had. I mean, most of the eighties. Well, and actually, you a say good that, chunk of the nineties. Yes, they've been around for a good few, but they only won in the eighties and nineties, and we're in the twenty twenties now. So you know, they haven't. Hey, hot. are we forgetting about Maldonado, two thousand ten? I'm talking championship. Twelve, wins, not. Oh, he was he was he missed out. He was unlucky, Maldonado. There, if that garage hadn't burned down and destroyed all their hopes. I still reckon that was an insurance job. <laughs> Didn't work, did it? Anyway. <laughs> Paid Maldonado off. <laughs> Canada for fun times at rain. Canadian qualifying did just that, and somehow Fernando Alonso ended up on the front row of the grid, and Charles Leclerc started on the back because of his perennially exploding engine. It looked like being a very interesting race, and it wasn't exactly dull, but neither was it a classic. Alonso dropped back and probably finished seventh like he did all year, but it was everyone else's fault. Verstappen walked it. How did Hamilton get a podium? 
I don't think it's fair to say Verstappen walked it. I, Science was right with him. Carlos Science was right with him. I really enjoyed the end of that end of that Grand Prix. I really thought Science was going to do him at one point, but just had a bit of oversteer on the exit of the head. I don't know. But this was the start. Was this the start of the of the mega Hamilton run? Yes, it was, wasn't it? This was the start of his five podiums in a row, where he just after spending the first third of the season messing around with development, he was like, "Nah, I'm just going to race the car." And then he was kind of back to Hamilton style, really. Was this the one where Signs? Yeah, Signs was all over the back, and it was just he just didn't quite have. Yeah, so close. It was just like he just didn't quite have the move did he it was a real kind of oh mate and obviously he's going up against Verstappen who's one of the best drivers of all time blah 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 blah. but still made him look a bit shit yeah looking for his first Grand Prix win I don't think he looked shit but it was just really tough to because also the Red Bull it, was quick in a straight line which we saw all year blah 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 but it was that classic thing where when you're second that closely you do look like first loser which is such a horrible phrase yeah but I do feel like yeah, I enjoyed it it was yeah, alright yeah it was all right. It was fine. It was fine. Great Britain. July came and so did Silverstone. After a rainy... So did I, according to the diary. <laughs> <laughs> After a rainy and entertaining qualifying, it set the scene for a decent race. On race day, there was an hour of worrying that maybe things had gone horribly wrong thanks to a lack of coverage of what looked like a pretty heavy accident. Soon it became clear that Zhou Guanyu was actually fine, which meant the thumbs up for replays of carnage from all angles. And then there was an excellent scrap from between five different drivers on track. What a classic. That was a good one. I mean, yeah. Silverstone, it's a good track. That was a big crash though, wasn't it? Oh, it, was it was a big crash. That was the biggest crash of the year, I'd say. Can't think of a bigger one. It was just kind Failure of... Failure of the roll hoop. Oh. <laughs> Not since Pedro Diniz in 1999 have we seen that. Oh, was that Nurburgring? Was yeah, it? good roll hoop failure. Oh, that you one. with your your asinine comments on roll hoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to do that. Actually, I think you'll find that was uh, that was a move. He got extra points for it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it was. A- was a bit of a scary one. I, li- I like the ones where you see... I say I like the ones. The ones where you see them in the background and you don't see anything else of it for 10 minutes and you're like, hmm, that could be dodgy. Um, but then, as you say, once it's clear that they are absolutely fine, it's like, right, let's get the 4K working hard. And at the same time, Albon had a also a massive accident that was completely unrelated when you see the replay. He got punted by... Was it Vettel? Smashed into him? And they both went off to hospital, but for completely separate reasons. And Russell did his thing when he came out of the car and he ran over to see if Joe was okay and then he couldn't do anything and kind of just walked off. (laughs) It's like, what was he going to do? Lift the Formula One car up? Just like poke him and go, ooh. (laughs) That doesn't look good. (laughs) Hey kids, do you want to see a dead body? (laughs) To be fair, it's the sort of thing I do. Like someone fainted near me in a a venue somewhere and a bunch of people rushed in, but I was stood quite close. But I I just generally didn't know what to do. But it felt wrong to run away. So I just kind of pointed. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, like, oh, he's gone down. His roll hoops failed. Yeah, you should <laughs> check. He's not wetting himself. Yeah, yeah. Don't take any pictures for now, just until we know he's all right. What did this all mean for the chat? Because the race got going eventually, didn't it? And then it was a good race. Yeah, yeah great. I wasn't there before you. <laughs> this was the one where you weren't. You weren't at the British Grand Prix. No, it was a Formula e Marrakesh. Was it too far no, to go? Formula e Marrakesh. <laughs> Harry Benjamin did it. He got the, did the BBC. Oh, get... I should have mentioned him in the intro. I forgot about it. No, did the BBC I, I get pissed off with what? You fucking off to do a 
marbles or whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I miss like three or four oh, races. Oh, but guys, there's like a live marble race. I've really got to go. <laughs> they really love me. <laughs> it's like three or four races a year. Marble out cash. Of, out of 24, it's fine. It's chill. They don't mind. All right. They got the substitute in. They got the Nick DeVries of commentary. Yeah, exactly. That's just the one where Hamilton overtook two people at once and then within a lap they both got past him again and Ferrari threw away a win a, for Charles Leclerc take. in a shocking turn of events in every race listener question Ray Glennon says Merry Christmas Jack I'm psyched that Formula E is coming to Portland Oregon next year no if way I a, if I wear a Stoffel Ruffle t-shirt to the race will you sign it for me yeah absolutely it well, so you don't have to... you're going I'll, I'll sign anything oh well we've heard that it's all your cameo yeah, um, yeah. I think Portland maybe doesn't have a, a great motorsport scene. I could there's be wrong, an IndyCar race. There's an IndyCar race there every year at the Portland International Raceway, which is a pretty decent race. Okay, well in that case, I'm completely wrong. But it's IndyCar, which is basically like the f- American Formula E, as we've discussed. Before. Yeah, exactly. But no, um, ob- yeah, absolutely. but it's a, good, it's a good town. Portland. I'm really excited to go. It's meant to be really, really cool. It is. I've, I've, I've spent a good few days there, and it was it was highly entertaining. Buzzing. Well, honestly, if any of you have any recommendations, not now, but. Um, voodoo donuts. Okay, or now. Voodoo donuts is my big recommendation. Right, I'll just slappy cakes. There's a place that does pan. It, it's got heated tables, and they do you do pancakes on the table. But it also had the best steak I ever had in my life. So if it's still there, yeah. slappy cakes. There's also the Burnside Skate Park if you know how to skate. Slappy cakes. Make your own pancakes breakfast place. Okay, oh, it's done. fucking amazing. What was your one, Phil? Yeah. Voodoo. voodoo donuts. Maple bacon bar. And it's 24 mm. hours. Funky twenty-four hour donut spot. It's like trying to get. It's like trying to get um, barbecue in Austin. There'll be a queue for the best. The best place. I remember. I remember there was a food truck called Friday. I'm in love. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Austria. As is now tradition, we wondered how Ferrari would mess up their race. But for a long time in Spielberg, it looked like Scuderia had finally cracked it. Although Verstappen won the sprint race and started on pole for the Grand Prix, Charlie Clark and Carly Sainz got the got past him and were romping into an easy one-two. But then, of course, the curse of Man- Maranello struck and Sainz's engine grenaded itself in spectacular fashion. While Leclerc closed the gap in the championship, it wasn't by much as it should have been. Also, Hamilton got another podium. Well, it looked like it did at least win this one. This was the weekend where Red Bull weren't quite on form, I seem to remember. I mean, Verstappen still obviously got a podium, but... I think they made... I think they went the wrong way on strategy, and I think because it was a sprint weekend, they never quite recovered from that. I think Leclerc overtook Verstappen about three or four times during the race because they they were doing that yeah. offset strategy, didn't they, where they were going longer and having fresher tyres and coming back at him. And this was the one where you were like, right, here we go, championship fight. It's back on. It's been a bit dodge but now Leclerc's winning Ferrari are quicker on pace here we go chaps what a what a what a season we're in for alas and I do also require that this was a race where Haas were randomly really good despite being pretty much nowhere for most of the season this was where Schumacher he finished sixth which was his last points of the season and only his second points of the season because he'd been quite good in um Silverstone as well hadn't he fighting with uh with Verstappen at the end but yeah he finished sixth here and you thought okay (laughs) Mick has Mick has got it together now. After, you know, that shunt in Monaco, what, four races previous and Gunter Stein is saying we can't afford this anymore. Suddenly Mick's finishing sixth. And that was a feel-good story. I was really pleased for for Mick. It didn't obviously go the way we wanted in the end, but this felt like a turning point. Now he's got a seat at Mercedes. 
Yes, exactly. Not racy, obviously, but... Do you reckon Gunter Steiner thought he was up for the Ferrari job? <laughs> um, I, th- I don't know. I mean, he's, he's Italian, isn't he? Is he Italian Swiss? He's he's Italian. He's like German he is Swiss. he is. Legit- I think he was German, born in. He was, he was born in Italy. I'm I'm pretty sure. It's the German speaking part of Italy, isn't it? Because yeah. all the borders were a bit fluid for a while. Yeah. For some reason, I can't remember why. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very nice way of putting it. Oh, the borders are a bit fluid for a while. Six million people died. It's fine. I mean, at this point, so going into this weekend, Verstappen Verstappen didn't even lead Clerk by 34 points. He led Perez by 34 points. It was over. Wasn't it at this point? We were like, yeah, this is no, this before no, the summer break. We because like, the wind, the wind made us think it wasn't over. The wind made us no, think it wasn't it, over. No. Yeah, totally. Did and it. then, especially the next race, which we'll talk about, I presumably next. But that gave you a bit of hope as well. The first half of that race. Want to jump the gun? <laughs> well, let's talk about that race now. No, or, let's talk about it in a what? minute. Because Ooh. this is a great time to take a short break. <laughs> <laughs> what I've done is tease the second half. That's what's just happened. That was very professional. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to take a short break, regroup, say thank you to, yes, you, for listening this year. Jack, what would you like to say to our listeners? Thank you for continuing to support. They might not be the award-winning Checkered Flag podcast, but I think that the podcast scene is much what? richer for the you know, independent podcasts like this. So thank you very much for helping those people yeah. and for giving not, Terry something to not do. Not financially richer, obviously, but- you're making us sound like we're at a cellar or something with the independent thing. <laughs> or charity. <laughs> the garageists. Yeah, exactly. None of your works checkered flag <laughs> That's exactly it, yeah. So also, thank you for all the beards, particularly the ones that you've donated today. They are Scott Forrest, who says, Merry Christmas, you filthy, sexy animals. Enjoy the mm-hmm. pints. Glue wine for Terry. Is glue that right? Vine. Glue vine. Glue vine. Like yeah. Sorry. Yeah, lovely. lovely. Mm. Fresh from the forest, Scott Forest. Ryan Simpson, who says, thanks for another year of laughs, even when F1 is a bit shit. I can always rely on you lot to make it a bit less shit. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> but it wasn't what a, what a quote. But is that doing with faint praise? Because F1 wasn't that shit this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he's saying it's thanks to us. But, or that saying we're incredible. We are incredible. Sure, I think that's, I choose to believe that's what he's saying. I identify as incredible. Anonymous, who says, thanks for being the podcast that is making F1 bearable. Last year was painful and the lack of compassion was just as bad. Glad the three of you are back together. Merry Christmas. Please don't read my name out. It would make me curl into my own bum hole. (laughs) 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 Right, because you're embarrassed. Well, thank you, Geraldine. You're embarrassed for Um, listening to this podcast. (coughs) Ellis Piddock. Thank you, Ellis. And Patrick Brennan. Thanks, Patrick thank Brennan. You, Patrick. Wasn't that the wasn't that the serial killer from American Psycho? A big thanks to our regular donors keeping us in beer through the off season. This week we honour David Finlay, Jason R. Bradley, yeah. Gabriel Rossencota, Paul yes. Hewings, yeah. Michael Rigby, yeah. Marble One Two Seven, Michael Perry, Greg Hoffman, yeah. Donald yeah. Griffin, Christopher Beck, yes. Keith Russell, Brad oh. Youngman, Woo. Neil Fraser, Get Keith it. Falconer, yeah. Bernard Wall, yes. and Chris Lee. Join them. <laughs> Join them all. FF1S.com forward slash pint pint pint. 
Podcast Network.